and welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera. We are into our fifth episode so far, and it has been nothing but fun. My co-host, Anthony, how are you doing today? Excellent, excellent, man. I'm so pumped to be here, and it's just going to be... It's the last four... What is before? This is episode five, so the last four episodes been been fun, uh, and it just... The party just doesn't stop. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you don't know by now, my name is Gadgen. We are both creators. We both explore filmmaking and photography, and this show is really about geeking out and enjoying the creator space and all the new offerings and innovations that are in this space and indulging it as much as we can over the next... 20 to 30 minutes. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Nikon's plans for a new flagship mirrorless camera coming out in 2021. We're also going to talk about the brand new Fujifilm XE4, which I got to go hands on with. But first, we got to talk about the new DGI FPV drone. Anthony, what does FPV mean? What is this drone about? <laughs> So first of all, like this new DJI uh, drone is just no joke. Okay, so when you hear like FPV, you think of like toy, like little drones. You gotta have like a soldering like degree. Uh, you gotta like know your stuff around like electronics and things like that. But DJI has really simplified this drone. Uh, but like I said, this drone is no toy. Uh, it's about seventeen hundred dollars, which is not too bad for this kind of tier of drone. It's a licensed drone, so. So it weighs 800 grams. That's really important for those Canadian users. Uh, but it can fly up to 140 kilometers per hour. And it accelerates from 0 to 100 in just two seconds. <laughs> 100 kilometers an hour in two seconds, you said? In, in two seconds. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this thing is an absolute beast. Uh, it's got about 20 minutes of fly time. So uh, if normally when we're talking about FPV, we're talking like two, three, maybe five minutes of fly time on normal FPV drones. But this one, huge battery, uh, but and you get 20 minutes. So this is really pushing the envelope for FPV. That's amazing. And you listen, I was looking at some early footage from this. And I'll be honest, I want to wait. I want to see more professionals get hands-on with this to see the footage because a lot of the reviews and early releases, and let's be honest, when you're under an embargo, you don't have much time. You have maybe a one or day, uh, you know, one or two <laughs> yeah. days to really capture footage. So you're not going to get the most uh, valuable content. It hasn't seemed as impressive outside of the specs themselves. Like the footage, you know, I'm looking for someone like a real cinematographer to take hands-on with this and show me something that's going to wow me. But I'll ask you this, Anthony, who is this drone for? So I'm a little bit uh, a little bit mixed with this to really place like a user on this product because I think this uh, like drone pilots they're becoming like a very specialized genre of creators, but DJI really just streamlined this FPV drone uh, for anybody really because they, like they they introduced a whole new app that essentially is like an FPV video game which lets you wear the goggles and play this like virtual training course before you actually go out and crash your drone in real life which is pretty cool so that's like that's why i'm a little bit confused because yes this is like a 
uh, it's a serious drone and you can do some pretty serious damage flying at 140 kilometers per hour. So you kind of got to know what you're doing. But at the same time, they're just streamlining the process. Uh, they're making it more easier for people to get into like FPV drones. And then like you don't have to worry about like all the other little, little things. Like you don't have to solder anything. You don't have to worry about like batteries exploding. Like that was like a thing if you don't like discharge your batteries uh, on like a normal FPV drone then they like randomly uh, like spontaneously combust you got to be like professionally trained on Wemis to operate like an FPV drone uh, but it's no longer like that so uh, that's why I'm a little confused but at the same time this is a, a, a product that is just going to make it easier for people to get into FPV for sure wow that's really impressive yeah, so uh, I'm I'm super impressed with this, but Gadgen, I heard a rumor on the street, and I'm gonna flip the script on you here. So I heard you got some time to play with the Fuji XE4, and what I want to know is how was that first, but two, how can we like compare this to maybe like an X100V and an X Pro3? Uh, I know you got uh, both of those, so, so give me the goods. Whoa, whoa, Anthony, you're you are turning the tables on me and asking the questions. Okay. <laughs> You love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, yeah, I got hands-on with the Fujifilm X-E4. And, you know, right away, you you see that this camera brings in a lot of the innovations that you see in the X-T3, X-T4, X-Pro3, and X-100V, where you have that mm -hmm. proven sensor and processor, where you know that you yeah. can create award-winning imagery with this it's technology, right? And, you know, to get those Fujifilm colors, to get the yeah. new and updated autofocus that's available, that they've innovated over years with these things, it's, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And you pack mm -hmm. that all into a very refined design. It's something that, you know, omits a lot of the buttons and even a rear command dial. So you only have one dial in the front and puts it mm -hmm. into a very, you know, industrial sharp line package, right? Where there isn't any extra yeah. curve any extra un unnecessary curves, you know, almost taking a page out of the Leica book. And as I was using this thing, I was, you know, one of the things I always try to do is find out, okay, what customer is really going to appreciate this? And I started comparing it against the Fujifilm cameras that I own. And I feel mm -hmm. like for those that often don't want to tinker, you know, and what I mean by that is people often want to go to one or two key settings or maybe just focus on aperture priority, have the flexibility yeah. to swap lenses, this is a camera that caters to that style of shooting. For sure. What I love about Fuji is they just don't really like chimp on the specs like in their lower priced cameras, right? Because this, like you said, it does have the same sensor as like the X-T4, which is impressive in itself because that's like this camera is, what is it, 12 something, 12.99 for, yeah. for like yeah. a kit or something like that? Yeah, there's a kit option 12. and a, a body option. What's cool is that you get the kit option uh, with the 27 millimeter, the new one, the WR, RWR lens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's crazy. Like the Fuji does it right. But do you think it's too much having like the, these three cameras or are they completely different? Like the XE4, X100V and X-Pro3, are they just completely different for different users or do you feel like there's some overlap? Yeah, I, you know, and, and I just pulled it up real quick here is that you can get the body alone for $1,099 here in Canada. And if you want it with that new 27 millimeter lens, it's $1,350. Uh, really aggressive yeah. pricing here. I think this is great because you really have 
a good amount of differentiation between your product line. And that is to say that mm -hmm. say you are looking for a more serious mirrorless solution to graduate from your phone, okay? You mm -hmm. now have the same sensor, same processor. You so you never feel like you're gonna get a less of an image. You know, you're not you're not feeling mm -hmm. like you're being um, shortchanged in a way. It's almost like yeah. you get the same engine and you're just gonna pick the body that goes around it. And that's a very unconventional uh, styling that you would see typically in the technology world or even in the automotive world, right? Usually it's, the, you know, you're paying for those upgrades. You're paying for a better sensor, a better processor. And Fuji says, no, no, we're going to give everyone the same sort of color science, the same sort of processor technology, a lot of the <laughs> video innovations. And, you know, some of those video features are cut back because of the body of it and the thermal mm. sealing of the body. And what you have here is like, okay, if you're the kind of person, and it really comes back to the user thinking about how they take pictures. If you're the kind of person where you don't want to think too much about the process, you want to say, okay, I like this color. I like the black and white that Fuji does, or I like the classic film style of classic chrome or classic negative. And you mm -hmm. just want to be able to control how much depth of field is there and maybe the shutter speed. This camera really caters to you. Where especially when you throw on that thumb grip that they uh, made available or the uh, vertical grip as well to give it a little bit more size, a little bit more heft, it's just a fun experience. Now, let's take it a bit further. If you know that you love that 35 millimeter equivalent focal length, say that you want mm -hmm. just yeah. a little bit more from your camera, such as an internal ND filter or a leaf shutter so you can shoot extremely quietly and sync your flash if you wanted to an off-camera flash at pretty True. much any speed then there you have the x100v there's a clear line of demarcation to upgrade to that and True. say you want something that can use any array of lenses but you want a bit more video functionality you get the XS10 and you can you could take that even further into the X-T4 which gives yeah. you weather resistance and dual card slots you know I like what they're doing. And I know as an outsider, it may seem confusing, but what I appreciate about Fuji is that they're building these products that serve needs as opposed to kind of uh, fitting a bill, almost like saying like, oh, mm -hmm. we need something at this price point, so let's make this. No, 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 it's more about what are the solutions that people are looking for. At least that's my impression. But enough of that, enough of this Fuji <laughs> pandering. They didn't pay us for that. Why am I talking so much about them? Not, um, not, not sponsored. Not sponsored at all. Oh, man. I get carried away. I need to talk to you about the pre-announcement, the announcement of an announcement. What are they doing yeah. over there? Nikon, uh, they, made, they, made, they made a press release. And they said, yeah. hey, guys, you can expect a Z9 in 2021, and it's going to shoot AK. And that's pretty much what the press release said. And full disclosure, I was a Nikon shooter for a very long time. You know, I owned the D90, then a D7000, then a D800. Okay, I, I love yeah. what Nikon brings to the table. And over the last few years, they really put in a lot of work regardless of what the market pressures are, to improve their mirrorless offerings, to really work on what their color science mm -hmm. is, to bring advanced video features such as raw recording, making it available across multiple units. And yeah. I think the market, I believe the market is better with Nikon in it, okay? But, <laughs> and I got to hear your opinion about this. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about these pre-announcements. And often enough, <laughs> I just feel like, 
let's skip that step altogether. Yeah. But just, I'll, I'll toss it to you. Give me the camera. I'll, I'll give just it to you, the Anthony. Camera. Okay, you, you read this. You saw this. How yeah. do you feel about this? Yeah, I think it's hilarious, like how they how they do like a pre-announcement, like you know, just just drop the camera. Um, but I am kind of predicting that Nikon's gonna make a big splash with this camera, so it has kind of gotten me a little bit excited, you know, to see what's going on. And they did release that it is gonna be an 8K camera. Uh, but one thing that I'm gonna be really paying attention to, and one thing that I want to know over like the vid- uh, video resolution, is what are the video bit rates? You know, like that's what that's that's the inner geek, camera geek, video nerd uh, coming out in me. Like I want to know what's it gonna be like the dynamic range of this video because Sony is crushing it. Most of their cameras are, are that are being released now are going up to like 400 megabits per second. Um, so Nikon has has released that it's 8K and which is exciting. But yeah, I want to know more. Stop. Like, don't just say it's coming out. Just just release it so that way we can see what's going on. Right. Give me yeah. a demo. Yeah. And, you know, I- there's ways that the market does this, right? You know, if you want to let your users know that we're working on something, so don't jump ship just yet, you know, <laughs> yeah. there are controlled leaks in the industry where they'll give it to a few sites and they'll just kind of, yeah. you know, wet the palate a bit. And when I see something like this, it gives me a little uh, concern, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It, it just, yeah. it makes I like, me question. I like I like the the wet the palate. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it, it just gives me a little a little bit moment of pause where I'm like, is this the effective way to kind of indicate what direction you're going in? And again, when you say things like AK, here's where people's expectations may go a little bit out of control, and the hype train might exceed what the product will actually deliver. And I worry about that. Now let's 100%. talk about the camera design because we saw the picture of this, and I gotta talk about this. And yeah. Again, as someone that is a fan of Nikon optics, of their history, and, you know, also on a personal Mm -hmm. side, what they did for my career, I look (laughs) at this camera and I am wondering, you know, is this what the mirrorless world was supposed to be like? Is this what was promised? Similar to the Jetsons talking about flying cars in 2020, there's no flying cars, (laughs) you know, and the promise of smaller cameras with, you know, tighter mounts. This looks like a, a D6 you know, size camera, yeah, that's big, what, beefy camera. That's exactly camera. what I thought. I thought it was going to, it looked almost like a, a, just like a 1DX kind of camera. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Sony and Nikon in terms of their mirrorless cameras because of the size. The whole point of those cameras were just to get smaller. We don't want to carry around a big DSLR anymore, right? So when you see this, ah man like i don't know it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of uh you know it's it's a little bit disappointing to see such a camera that looks that reminds you of a 1dx it looks massive but uh i think the people that are going to be using this are going to be like olympic shooters um and and they better do some upgrades in the autofocus because i think that's where nikon is falling behind i used this uh the z7 for a couple shoots just to kind of see what it was like uh, and i was struggling with the autofocus uh, and when we have good autofocus like dual pixel and then sony with their eye detection and and uh and animal eye detection that's where i feel like nikon really needs to make a big bang it's not just the video uh and they're they're unlike other camera brands where they don't have to they're not stepping on any of the higher end video 
um, cameras that they already they that they have. They're starting fresh, right? So we know the video is going to probably be pretty killer, but I think it's going to be the autofocus that is going to be the deal breaker for a lot of people, whether or not they move to something else uh, or stick with Nikon. Yeah, yeah, and you know, again, this looks like a niche product similar to the Alpha One, and you know, just to kind of wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate to be a person that kind of likes to put a downpour on it, you know, pre-announcements, all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm just speaking from the heart here. You know, you look at something like the Alpha One and having used that camera, and we'll have a first impressions video coming out on that camera. You know, mm-hmm. even if this camera matches that spec for spec, you know, you have a camera. The alternative is that does it in a smaller footprint, right? Um, yeah. So I'm just here hoping, hoping, that Nikon can exceed expectations because I would love to see that. And I think that's great for the industry when you have a ton of competition, a ton of great choices, and really even the history that Nikon brings when that is alive and thriving. But first, Mm -hmm. we got to talk about our creator draft picks. If it's your first time listening, we do this at the end of every show where we pick something, a product, a service, a technology, whatever it may be that is making a fundamental improvement in our creator lives. That's allowing us to do what we do, to do it better, to do it faster, to do it more creatively. And Anthony, I'm telling you, it's out of beta. It's official. Blackmagic DaVinci Resolve 17. I have Mm. put off learning uh, advanced color grading for many years. And as you know, we talked about it before is I'm a photographer, but I want to get better at filmmaking. I started a whole YouTube channel just so I can practice filmmaking to get better at the production side of things to understand it better. And over the last few months, I've taken some classes, I've watched tutorials and I've learned how to color grade in DaVinci Resolve. They released version 17. And what's great about this is they have two versions. They have a standard version, which is absolutely free okay you're getting about 90 percent of the features of this advanced (laughs) editing software for free okay but if you want to take it a step further if you want to edit higher resolutions and have a bit more advanced features you can get the studio version as well and now that you have this it's now out of beta it has a ton of new features in it and also works on the new Apple M1 chips. So it's extremely efficient that, you know, on a MacBook Air with no fan, I am color grading 4K footage, you know, and really getting the most out of this. And it just feels really futuristic in a way. So my creator draft pick is DaVinci Resolve 17. If you have not ever tried this, but you do editing, you you want to get better at it, I would encourage you guys to download the free version, okay? Watch a couple of tutorials on YouTube and get started. But here's the thing, it's not just color grading, you can edit your entire production in this software. So it's not just a color editor or grader, it is a, a complete non-linear editing suite of solutions. So that's my pick. Anthony, I'm gonna toss it back to you. We definitely needed that because I think a lot of people are stuck in the Premiere Pro world uh, and they are tired of paying uh, that monthly bill. So thank you, Gadget. (laughs) Uh, So for my creator draft pick, uh, I kind of cheated here. This is probably two recommendations for um, people who are looking to maybe jump into something like the XE4. So for Fuji cameras and for people who are uh, serious about the Fuji kind of world, we know we have a lot of passionate Fuji photographers out there. They already know, okay, 
But Gajin, you're a Fuji shooter. You already know this. Uh, but for the people who are, are getting into something like the X-E4, the, the first thing you got to buy uh, with your camera, other than a memory card and maybe an extra battery, you got to get the thumb grip. Okay. So I've actually picked out a specific brand you can look into. Uh, it's JJC. They're a pretty trusted Fuji accessory brand. Uh, they make the square hoods and everything like that. But if you get the JJC thumb grip, uh, then that is just like a straight up no brainer with any Fuji camera. It just makes the grip just so much more comfortable. But it's not not only that, you need to get a shutter release button. You can order these from uh, really anywhere that kind of sells kind of camera goods and things like that, online, Amazon, kind of things like that. But it's not just any old shutter release. I have uh, a very particular one that you got to get, and it's got to be the concave shutter release buttons. Mm. Those are the most comfortable. And I know, Gadget, you may, you actually made a whole video about like uh, Fuji accessories um, that people should, should consider. And these are two we're definitely on these so uh what are your thoughts on that you gotta be team concave i, I don't know who's out here on <laughs> team convex uh, i got some words yeah. for you uh but these are simple things and i and i tell people this often is that when you have a camera that looks good that feels good you're probably yeah. gonna pick it up and shoot it more and something like a thumb it. rest yeah, uh, a, a shutter release, a good thumb rest, a good shutter release is an easy, inexpensive way to make the experience of shooting more enjoyable. And that and will makes, allow you to shoot more. And it makes your camera yours, right? Like your your um, your shutter release button looks completely different than how I've stylized my camera, right? I think you got like the this nice little like skull one that looks pretty like mm. boneyard kind of gray and silver, right? Um, so, but I, I paired mine up, uh, I got like a, a, a wood one that's like a deep red. So like you can really customize your own camera and make it really your own by just adding a few of these accessories. If you got the black Fuji, like say X100V, throw on like the red shutter release and like Ooh. a red thumb, thumb grip. And Ooh. that, man, that looks pretty slick. Ooh, two-tone, like putting stripes on your car. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> yeah. Anthony, thank you for your time. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you're not already subscribed to the show, and please leave us a review. We have some exciting uh, content planned for future episodes, and who knows, we might bring in a guest or two, but definitely you do not want to miss it. As always, my name's Gadgin. His name's Anthony. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care, folks.